everyone. Welcome to another episode of All Day Radio. I'm your host, Tamara Day. And on today's episode of our series, Bigger Than Boobs, I have the amazing <laughs> guest, Cherie Cremona. And she has an incredible story. You guys, when you hear this, we didn't actually know until recently that our stories are very similar in terms of what we went through with our implants and the type we had. But let's get into just getting to know her and her story behind it. Hi, Cherie. Hi. Thank you so much for being on here. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, thank you for having me. I've kind of waited to have this conversation on air, quote unquote, and like I've wanted to dig into what you've been through. And I know sometimes we we kind of go into it via like DM or text, but I've been holding off on kind of digging into the deeper stuff because I just, I know your story in particular is going to shatter what people think about this industry and what women go through when they do get sick. Um, so tell us a little bit, and for anyone who doesn't know, like the way I meet these women and I'm going to give kind of them a tidbit is so random. Like, I don't know. I haven't known any of these women that have been on this series, but, uh, Sheree and I met via, I'm pretty sure on like DMS and didn't know, like, the type of world either one of us were in, but me finding out her story, I just wanted um, another woman that had the perspective of being in the bodybuilding world. And the way she is, is not only as a competitor yourself, but then being married into kind of bodybuilding royalty. She's the wife of Phil Heath. And I wanted to get into what that was like being in that world all the time and the pressures that are on us. So if you want to tell us kind yeah. of back in the beginning of what led you to first getting them and where your head was at and all that. So back in 2014, I had already gone through like this crazy weight loss journey and I was getting prepared to do a bikini competition. And I learned so much about my body and I saw how quickly that I lost the majority of my upper half. And it was very hard to, you know, get my lower half going and getting it really fit. And the more and more I lost, the flatter and flatter I got. But the unfortunate thing is I had weight issues my entire life. Mm. So as a kid, I was the chunky kid, the fat mm. kid. So I struggled a lot with my appearance and, you know, just being concerned about what everybody thought about me. And so when I went into the journey of trying to transform my body after a divorce. I got married mm -hmm. very young and, um, you know, it was all about just diving into the gym, getting this body that I've always dreamed of. And was that I, relationship based around fitness at all? Like, or no, getting no. like fitter or in shape or in healthier? It, it wasn't really, um, my ex-husband was a little bit more, um, I would say kind of abusive verbally, with, um, that didn't help any of your insecurities. No, no. And, you know, he'd make, make comments about my mm. weight or, um, you know, not touch me. And mm. so I was in a place of like, okay, time to heal time to get in the gym. And I really dove in like full on. And during that process, I actually realized, okay, I'm losing my boobs. I'm losing my womanhood because, <laughs> you know, I'm getting so fit. And I'm, you know, pretty shredded. I mean, I had a shredded yeah, yeah. chest. You could see that my muscles, fibers everywhere. Me too. And I think so, I naturally had that like striation right here. Yes. Even right there. Yep. I, I look, I had the exact thing. I had like the bigger, you know, my shoulders. I had, mm -hmm. everyone was like, you have really wide shoulders. And I always, Thanks, bro. I was always like, 
Oh, they're like, do you swim? And I'm like, no, nope. I just, <laughs> okay, I got the gymnast comment all the time. Yeah. So I started to, although I was getting the body I always wanted and I was fitting into, I was size two and four, you know, in between those sizes. And I thought, gosh, this is finally happening for me. I hated the way my chest looked. Yeah. And so when I was in the process of doing a bikini competition, um, at the time I had a really crappy coach <laughs> and, um, I was kind of asking around with friends and people I met in the gym, like, am I looking all right? Or what should I do? And mm -hmm. I remember a ton of, uh, guys who were also coaches that were in the gym that always saw me. They're like, you know, you should probably get your boobs done because that's a big deal. You know, you're not going to place if you don't have your boobs done. And I thought, I would never really think of that. Like I always noticed there was women that had bigger breasts and obviously they're a fake, yeah. but I never thought that was going to make like determine if I was good enough for the rest of my physique. Right. That so, was a total shock for me when I heard going around with multiple people was that symmetry comment. Right. And I was mm -hmm. like, well, this is not part of what I thought went into all the work we do, you know? <laughs> yeah. And you don't really think symmetry is boobs. Yeah. You think, um, Cause if you got them, you got like them. If shoulders, waist, yeah, like know, thigh. Yeah. Absolutely. Booty, you know, legs. Um, so it was a really interesting time for me because I was really torn mm -hmm. and I thought, well, if I don't do something about this and all this work that I've put into my body is just going to go, you know, it's for yeah. nothing. Yeah. And that kind of showed me now that I'm looking back at it, but or during that time, it wasn't really something that I thought through and through. It was like, I have to get this done. Yeah. So I went to my parents. I talked to them about it. Um, my mom was like, you know, whatever makes you happy. She understood. She's like, gosh, I had you and my brother, you know, your brother. It's tough. Like, I understand yeah. you want your boobs. You want your boobs to be up high and in, in your chest, like in your face, you know, yeah. up well, I mean, high on your parents chest. are grown up, grown up with the same kind of programming also about femininity and, and womanliness and, you know, I don't think it was ever presented to women who raise daughters to teach them that I wouldn't say to love themselves, but that the outward appearance isn't what we should be changing to try to get to like our ideal appearance, you know, and, and I think bodybuilding especially was one of those worlds that was so new that, you know, her seeing you go into is like, oh, she's putting in so much effort and she's she's finally feeling good about herself. Like I want her to continue as versus they didn't know what we were going to be facing. Obviously I'm sure she would never say, go do them now knowing what she knows. And yeah. Know about yeah. It was, um, it was more of her just wanting my parents both. They wanted me to just be happy and, yeah. you know, they supported me. So when I made that decision, I of, of course was looking into what kind of implant I wanted and and like how big I wanted to go. And at first I was like, I don't want them too big. And then of course, when you go to the doctor, they kind of tuck you into getting bigger breasts. Mm -hmm. And the doctor I went to was supposed to be one of the best doctors in the Bay Area. Um, so, you know, it was interesting because I went in there thinking of one thing and then he had me put on that leotard and then he shoved like, you know, the actual implants in the leotard, he's like, go ahead, walk around through San Francisco. Cause I am from the Bay area. Mm -hmm. And so I did, I put on like a little cropped, um, you know, I had this leotard on, I was wearing a pair of jeans. I put on this crop jacket. I have these ginormous, like heavy silicone bags yeah. that are shoved in this leotard to keep them in place. 
and I'm walking around down in San Francisco and I was like getting all the looks and all the whistles. And I thought, oh, this is my time. Like I am, I am here. I've arrived. Right. So, you know, it was interesting because that's when it all clicked for me. I felt that sexiness I needed and I felt Mm -hmm. just complete now, you know, Mm -hmm. and I thought I could do anything with these boobs. And that's really what my mindset was going in. Um, And so my, unfortunately, I lost so much volume and pretty much all of my breast tissue just from, it was just, I didn't have as much, but I was always heavy and then small and throughout my whole life, it was just Mm -hmm. yo-yoing. So I had to get a lift and he had recommend I get a laser lift. So it was basically, they put a prong into your nipple, they shoot a laser around it. It lifts your, your breasts up an inch. So at that time, that's what I really needed. Um, because I, I didn't want to have, you know, scars. And so, so that's different than that traditional, like keyhole where they cut yes. the nipple off and then down. Yes. And re- okay. It's called the lays lift. So okay. at the time I thought, well, this is best. He only said I needed to raise them an inch. So mm-hmm. it made sense to go that way without having scars. So I did that first. Then I had to wait another couple months and then I had my breast augmentation. So it was about $12,000. So he yeah. did another, so that was just like a procedure that was not yep. invasive. And then he did the augmentation. He still had to put me out. Um, okay. but it was a lift that, you know, he recommended the only unfortunate part about that is it causes scar tissue from where the prong goes into your nipple. So while I had my implants for the first year, I would feel around and I would feel like those little nodules and I mm. got a little freaked out and they were like, no, it's scar tissue. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't prepared for that because mm-hmm. obviously it freaked me out for a while um, because sometimes it would get a little bit bigger and smaller and it would just, especially around the time of month. Right. So I was, you know, was concerned about it, but yeah, that was my initial, you know, introduction and kind of like experience with getting boobs. And it was why I wanted boobs. Mm-hmm. And then Shortly after I met Phil (laughs) and um, once I was wanting to go on stage, it kind of, I kind of decided not to, because I thought, well, now I'm dating Phil. Uh, People are going to think that I'm only winning a show because I'm with Phil Heath. Mm. So that became a little bit, um, you know, difficult to, like, I just, I just decided this was the best thing for me is not to compete. So I tried my best to can just continue looking the part mm-hmm. and I was really about making it a lifestyle, which wait, this is was so crazy. I got them after I competed for a year and then never competed after them, even though they were the reason I yeah. got them was the industry. And then once I got them, I was like, oh, wait, this is what it feels like to be more feminine and to be like for me, it was like finally living in the body that I imagined myself living. And I couldn't imagine going back to being that thin and mm-hmm. not like, cause I liked being curvy. It kind of took away this whole kind of manliness for me. And it's interesting. Like I just didn't have the desire to compete again after I got them. And it's just so wild, but they don't know. So we got the same type of implant and it's interesting yeah. the way we got them. I also went to like a very well-known Beverly Hills surgeon because I made sure it was like the top of the line. And if I was going to spend the money, I might as well spend all the monies, you know, and, and do it right. And, and be the quote unquote safest and whatnot. And I was sold these, I had never even heard of them. The only companies I'd heard of were 
uh, Allergan and Mentor. And so at the time he mentioned like Sientra and they're these textured and they're not because I had thinner skin because I was more muscular. He told me over the muscle would be best because otherwise then like when you squeeze your chest muscle, like they're going to separate. Right. So, okay. I listened to that. And then I think he was more conservative than he needed to be. I think that was for like huge bodybuilders who had like giant pec muscles, you know, like they were going to sit way out here, but going over the muscle was another thing that I, I don't think I should have gone, but regardless, and then they're textured. So they sold me this story that they would be less um, prone to capsular contracture, which I don't know if it would have or not, but mine, mine right side capsulated like within, I don't know, four weeks or something like that. And I lived with it for the whole time and never went under again, but you also were sold the same exact company ones. Right. And we same, got them in the same, same bill of goods yeah. year. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know, should we get into like what we found out about them? Like, yeah, I, th- <laughs> yeah, I do. I think it, so, um, yeah, I think that's important. So when I had seen my doctor originally, you know, when he first examined me, he said, you have two, you're two, you have really strong pec muscles and you need to stop training, um, your chest for like four, four months. And so that was my initial consult. So by the fourth month is actually when I had my implants in, cause I had to have that laser lift first, then I had the implants put in. So, um, he decided to sell me on the Sandra Silamed textured, um, gummy bear implants. So Silamed is a Brazilian manufacturing company. They claim yes. to be, or at the time claimed to be like third largest in the world. And Sandra was their American in Santa Barbara, like their housing so, place for it. Right. Or their headquarters. So, yeah. So that, that company, the company that, you know, we were both sold those implants. What happened is, is Sientra, uh, hired Silamed, uh, manufacturing oh, plant yeah, in right. Brazil mm-hmm. and they did the manufacturing for not only, um, that implant company, but a couple others locally in Brazil and then some in the UK, uh, as well as I think a couple other countries. So yeah. that implant, that, that place was not FDA compliant. And so it took years, uh, for them to actually get, um, you know, aware, they were aware of it in like 2015, 16. Mm-hmm. So when they went down to actually do a discovery of the the plant, uh, they, uh, Silamed actually burned themselves down. They, they lit their building on fire. And so what I did when I first found out about all this craziness, um, once I realized I had breast implant illness, I went and tried to find out what happened with this company and why I can't, you know, find any information out, uh, on, on the actual internet in English because everything was in Portuguese. Mm -hmm. So I used Google translate and I took a clipping of like an article on, um, you know, Google that I found about Silamed and I did Google translate and I found out all the information about it. So there was people that were testifying that were working in the plant. Mm -hmm. And what was said was that they were not only doing, uh, implants there, but they were also doing other illegal substances, drugs, other things in there. And there was, um, unfortunately like rat piss and shit everywhere, um, that they were using industrial grade silicone, like caulking, shower caulking, um, you know, and then tons of like formaldehyde, which is what is in most implants. Um, but it was just basically not medical grade. So they were making them 
disheartening reading that article because I had I yeah. didn't have the translation one, but I did find the one that was on um, like Meta Health. I don't remember the exact website, but it had multiple uh, European countries saying that they had stopped the sale of these mm-hmm. Zillamed implants in 2015. And at that time, I was trying to run my serial number during my surgery. My surgeon had um, retired like a month before my surgery. So I couldn't even get a hold of anyone at the office. They wouldn't answer me about anything. And even if they did, he would never probably admit to knowing that these weren't supposed to be on the market. And who do we know if the doctors really knew these shouldn't be on the market? I don't know if the FDA didn't put out any kind of warning to us surgeons, like, Hey, stop all these sales. But they also said, or I don't know if it was Silamed or Sandra said, don't worry about the ones that are already in the women from X year to 2015. I don't know when they started manufacturing them, but I got them 2013. You got them 2013, right? And so it was just a like gut punch to realize that was what was happening in the warehouse. And they were saying like the implants were left out, like after they were manufactured. Piles. Yeah. And piles. And so that's where, like they said, rats were pissing and shitting on them and they were dipping them in bleach. Yeah. Dipping them in bleach and putting, and then, um, putting, you know, making it smell sterile, like and look sterile. So that was, that was a shocker. Uh, and it was disgusting just to know that that was in my body. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that was, that's very tough. And I was shocked to hear that you had the same implant. And what is interesting is those implants were said to be made in the early like around 2010, 11, 12, mm-hmm. they're, they're old. And, um, the 13, 14, 15 is when they the like year- remade them. Right. Or no, they, they were still selling them, but what they are doing is that those, those implants from 13, 14 and 15 were the ones that were, that women were claiming that were killing them. I mean, there's some women in Brazil that have died from this, our same implants. There's some women who have, you know, stage four cancer and, you know, are in chemo and, and trying to. That was particularly from just that type of implant, right? With the The, coarse outer that was rubbing Textured. Mm -hmm. Not just from that manufacturing plant, obviously. Well, they, they said that those implants were being made there for quite some time, but Sandra said that they only had them work, on, you know, doing their fulfillment, their, their manufacturing Mm -hmm. for, you know, 2013 to 2015 or 16. That's when they kind of, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, that they sent out a, a notice that I never really got. Um, I got a call from my surgeon and they said that they had had some kind of manufacturing issue, but they wouldn't talk about what. What year did they send you that? It, it was like 2016, early 2016. Yeah. They, anything. they just called me. And so they said, no, it was about something in manufacturing. It wasn't about the actual implant itself. So that was actually because they tried to find that, you know, uh, manufacturing plant and they realized mm-hmm. it was burnt down. So they kind of gave people like a heads up that there were some issues with manufacturing and they're going to switch manufacturers. So it had nothing to do. They weren't going to talk about what no. it did to, you know, to, the company or what the company was going through and mm-hmm. why, um, and why that happened. So unfortunately, you know, there was not very much information put out there. Yeah. And then right now I'm involved in like a, um, Facebook group that I'll, if you're not on there, I'll have to get you on, but it's for the Sientra Silamed mm-hmm. implants. So I'll have to add you on yeah, there. Please. Um, and it's all about the lawsuits around, uh, you know, those, those two companies and just trying to find out if there's any recourse for any of us. 
uh, right. for a class. I mean, I've, class I have the, um, I did, I was so upset when I found all this out. Like I, you know, it's a whole emotional process to even realize the idea of like, why you got them needing mm-hmm. to get them out. What have they been doing to me? Oh my God. They've been doing all these crazy things to my body. And not only that, we've been lied to about the particular type we've had and you, you, your trust was in these people, you know? And like, I think it's so crazy that most of us, I don't know about you, but like for me, get them because of, we have insecurities of our own that we've carried since, you know, adolescence. And I had a lot of just lack of trust in people because my, my insecurities come a lot from my sexual abuse that I experienced when I was a kid. And it's like all these things now come to a head when you go to get them out and you realize you've been taken advantage of as a commodity, just a check, you know, that's written to these people. And then the big corporations that have trillions invested in this, the shareholders that have investment in these publicly traded companies, they'll hide anything and they'll put you in a lawsuit forever. So I did hear about some that were um, happening with textured. I didn't particularly know if it was just Sientra, but I was so angry one night and trying to just release this after surgery, like a month after surgery, trying to release just what all was coming up for me. And I did like, like I, had a whole ceremony with my implants to like get rid of them because I had been holding them in my car for a month because I didn't want them in my house. I just thought I don't want that juju in there. And they're still in this like styrofoam box. And my friend was like, you need to get rid of these. And I was like, I don't know what to do with them. What if I need them for something one day? Like, I don't know, to like showcase in a, a lawsuit or whatever. But yeah. at the end of the day, I was like, this energy just can't be with me anymore. So I did this whole ceremony to like, I don't want to burn them. because I was like, I don't want to do that to the atmosphere. There's so much shit in them. That would be awful. <laughs> and for yourself. So you know, smell exactly. it or we need it in. like a full Darth Vader gas mask to be around Absolutely. those things if you were to burn them. If anyone freaking knows what's in them, it's like, 38 carcinogenic toxins they yeah. are made of nothing yeah. good nothing good but yeah I just I I would love to know more about what the repercussions are and even the fact that like we can use our platforms and our voices to be able to get the word out because I haven't met another person that's um from been using this company and um and even just having textured it's a whole other uh thing and and for you I know yours weren't leaked or ruptured right No. So what happened with me is that my second year, you know, having them inside of me and I had them under my muscle, Mm -hmm. um, I was noticing a lot of different health issues and I actually traveled all over the world to try to figure out what was wrong with Mm -hmm. me and no one could tell me. And as a younger teen, I actually was diagnosed with Epstein-Barr virus and I had a pretty bad, um, bad flare-ups with that. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, I just noticed that I could manage my flare-ups, like with how I ate or if I, you know, worked out. So when I was going into this very healthy, um, I felt great. I didn't have any autoimmune issues that were very noticeable. Mm -hmm. So at the second year of having these inside of me, um, that's when I was actually starting to get busier and busier. Um, I ended up, you know, moving in with Phil. We ended up having to travel the world for work, uh, 30 different countries. And I was passing out, having like, um, anxiety attacks. I was having issues with my hormones. And then once I realized that my hormones were out of whack, I mean, I was 30 years old and, uh, you know, premenopausal, I had estrogen that was through the roof. Um, I was gaining weight out of nowhere. 
I had very little, like I was very weak, Mm -hmm. um, hot flashes, everything that you can imagine, uh, what most women go through in their late fifties, um, I was going through at 30 years old. So no one could give me an answer. And, um, you know, I actually had to endure that until about 2000 and when was it? 2018 Mm -hmm. is when I finally figured out that it was my implants. So, you know, how was that moment for you? Like, what did um, you, how did you come across that? Take a sip of water. (laughs) (laughs) Cause it's so, it's so interesting. Our timeline. Um, so similar. Like yeah. I, I didn't, I also had an autoimmune disease. I think like you having, um, EBV is like a catalyst. Like not everyone gets so sick right away after their implants are in that short of a time, like three years. But I think both you and I, because we had that catalyst, like me, myself having psoriasis, it was just that little bit of like kickoff. So you get Absolutely. one stressful thing, you get one injury, one emotional setback, one just kind of physical trauma and it's like off to the races and now looking retrospectively I'm like oh it really started about like two and a half three years in was like everything started I I but I could never put my finger on it back then I mean you're you're moving and going and I was like starting my business and being in the fitness industry so you just you you push through and you don't realize like your body feeling like it's 80 you're like okay I guess I just never been this busy before this grinding this much and yeah ignore it but yeah, tell us how, how it was like the light bulb went off and you knew it was your boot. Well, after a while, I'm like, okay, like I've actually seen every doctor I can. No one has answers for me. And everyone wanted to do something with medicine or a surgery or, you know, yeah. and I figured out that at a time that it was like, it's, I'm not going to do that. Um, I'm going to cough. Sorry. No, you're <coughs> <right>. <coughs> I'm having severe allergy issues. And I know I told you earlier. Parasite today. cleanse. She's just. Healing the body one step at a time. That is what I'm doing. That's what we do. Um, I should have brought some gum in here because I'm like going to choke on my own saliva. You can take a break. You know, we're not on air <coughs> anything if you need to go I wonder if I should hair. grab that gum, but I don't want to chew on camera. Do you like a cough drop or like? Maybe. Honey? Go do Hang that. On. Sorry that you have to edit all this. No, it's okay. <laughs> I could play a little music right now. Maybe wipe the... Sweat off my shirt. I'm We're having an intermission. Yep. <laughs> Can you go back up? Real life over. Here. Okay. <laughs> That's a perfect intermission. I had you telling a novel. Okay. Can you take care of them, please? Um, okay. Do you feel better? Yes. I just bit? hate that I'm going to be chewing, but whatever. No, it's fine. It's understandable. I'm having you tell your life story right now. Okay. So tell us about 
how you came to realizing it was the boobs and they needed to come out? So after traveling all over, trying to find help for my various symptoms, the doctors really didn't have any answers for me. And I was giving up hope. And I felt like basically my life was over because I was Mm -hmm. gaining weight so rapidly that it didn't make any sense. I mean, if I was in stress in the traffic, I would gain water weight everywhere. Like my whole back was just filled with water and I would just, I mean, it was, my whole body was just mm-hmm. changing into something. I couldn't even identify myself. It's like inflamed. I think, and people so don't realize it's not just like weight you gain. Like you just, I look back at my pictures and I was just like full everywhere. Yep. Like yep. you just can't explain it. Very full. And it's just, your body's trying to fight this foreign object with mm-hmm. all these foreign chemicals and your immune system is shot. Yeah. So in 2018, I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's fibromyalgia. And then my Epstein-Barr virus became chronic. Mm -hmm. So my body was always in a flare-up. And then I started to get mast cell uh, symptoms. So mast cell activation. So it's like where I would smell a scent and I would break out in a rash. I couldn't use um, any kind of facial products Mm -hmm. that pretty much I would have to clean my face with like coconut oil and like just like the weirdest concoctions, all natural stuff. And then I started not being able to eat like anything. I would bloat up or I'd throw up. I couldn't digest anything. So my whole body just felt like it was shutting down. And during that time also, I had another case of having uh, parasites and I was passing tons of ropeworms, having to see colon hydrotherapists, herbalists. And I was spending so much money on just trying to survive. Um, and How figure did out- those come about? Because I, I didn't have those. At least I didn't get checked for them, but that wasn't is that not a direct symptom from the implants, but it's your body's more susceptible to getting those? Yeah. So for okay. me having to travel everywhere, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. I probably caught something. A normal more, immune system would have been able to fight that off because your body was so busy well, attacking everything. Everybody has worms, unfortunately. I know that's the hardest <laughs> thing to think about. Oh, but just like everyone has worms. Everyone has <laughs> <Wake> worms. <up. laughs> everyone has worms. And I've done so yeah. many cleanses and so many, you know, um, clonics and, I actually do, um, you know, coffee enemas myself. Mm -hmm. Like I've done, I'm like the queen of parasite cleanses because 10 years ago, um, I had worms. I had went to Mexico and got a tapeworm and had to figure out how to get it out of my body because I just didn't trust Western medicine Mm -hmm. to, you know, pump me full of stuff. I was offered chemotherapy at one point because I was infested with different types of types of worms, like in my organs. And it was very traumatizing. So during that time in 2018, I was actually like, well, 2017, 18, Mm -hmm. um, I was very sick and every Olympia actually, um, I was doubled over puking, um, falling over, uh, dizzy. It just the, and I had the most horrific menstrual cycles and it was because of the stress of just being Mm -hmm. there and supporting, you know, just doing all the things that would you be able to like physically be there and like stand up and, or were you in hotel rooms? Like not, I was in the hotel room, just like my friends would, my best friend and her husband were always staying with us. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they would like, tell me, Shree, you're literally passing, like you're, the wall is holding you up. You need to go sit down. And I would just puke and puke and puke. And I was just, my whole body was just giving up. Um, and it was really tough. And there was times where I would just make it to go sit down to watch him compete, like, you know, 15 minutes before you get on stage, I'd have to go to the bathroom and just puke. And it was the weirdest thing because so I just, crazy. no one sees that either. Like, cause no. we put on this brave face. You want to be yeah. this, you know, 
support for them, especially being in an industry that's all about health and you're over here physically dying, but having to show face. And that's got to be such a mental fuck too. It was tough. I mean, I had a lot of people make comments. I had people DM me and tell me like, you look fat or, you know, you're gaining weight, you know, and um, they're all the people that are haters. It's just, it reminds me of WWE. You know, they Mm -hmm. think that this is not real life. I mean, these are real life human beings on stage trying to battle it out. And, you know, Phil happens to be, you know, at the time, six time Mr. Olympia, which puts a whole other spotlight on you guys and on you being like the trophy wife, if you will, of of the king of bodybuilding. And I can imagine the, uh, the pressure of just maintaining, I wasn't even in that kind of world, but being in fitness, being a, a face of, of it. And like the picture of health for people and inside I'm like, can't keep my eyes open for longer than 20 minutes. I sleep for 18 right. hours a day. I'm lying to everyone around me about how sick I am. It just, that alone is so stressful on your body to like live in that lie. And, and if you were honest about it, no test results show people how sick you are. That's the mm-hmm. other part that people don't understand. It's like, you can get results saying that you have symptoms of this or, or showing things, but they only diagnose you because you have multiple things that fall in line with that disorder. But you're, you're like, you don't actually show markers of all these things. So it's like, it's a total mind fuck that I, 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 and you and anyone who goes through this can empathize with women, but I think anyone who doesn't experience it will never know what that feeling of seeing two worlds, like someone sees you and doesn't see any of that, that you're suffering with. Like, and even you're saying like you had weight gain and stuff, but they'll still, they won't know that you're sick because of it, you know, Oh, absolutely. that's what's causing that. Yeah. Yeah. And I had, um, so I had realized I had it after I had a few people reach out to me. One of my friends, um, her name is Courtney King. She was Miss Mm -hmm. Olympia bikini. She actually reached out. She said, Sheree, I'm getting my implants out. I found Dr. Fang. I'm going to go, I'm going to do it. And I'm like, okay. I I said, you know, and I figured, well, okay, I need to look into this. And then I realized, okay, Sheree, you need to just be real with yourself. Stop being in denial. Um, and it wasn't so much about what is everyone going to think of me? Because after being with Phil for a couple of years, I got used to being yeah. talk shit too, which mm-hmm. it comes with the territory. Yeah. But I got a thick used- skin about that. Part. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't so much about, am I good enough? Or, you know, he loves me no matter what. And he was very, very supportive mm-hmm. and he knew how sick I was. And that was tough for him just to see how sick I was. And he wanted answers too. Yeah. So it was more about how is, is this really going to change all of these symptoms. Am I, am I going to get these out and my whole life is going to change? And that was a hard part. That was where I was at in denial. So, you know, once I decided I was going to do go forward with it, I reached out to Courtney again. She brought me along through her whole process. And then she, you know, had got a hold of Dr. Fang. Mm -hmm. And then I had to, you know, get on a waiting list. And I actually had to wait six months before my surgery. I think so, now Fang is up to like a year and a half or something yeah. on the wait list. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. She's a great doctor and she definitely stands for all of us women. She only does explants right. and she also does like, you know, um, liposuction and all that other stuff, mm-hmm. uh, fat transplant to your, you know, your breasts. Yeah, if that's something you want later on, but she's a great doctor. She's all about health and wellness as well. Yeah. So it, it, you kind of get the full package with her. She's very expensive, but worth it. But she has um, understood the disease too, or the absolutely. illness because she actually has created like protocols for detoxes after, which is something yep. that I, um, I did on my own looking into it, but my doctor, he had only maybe 
done one other explant for someone being sick wow. needing to get him out. And so with mine, I kind of was like this charge on him. Like I'm doing it because of this. Don't talk me out of it. And he's like, okay, I had already seen eight people before him. So I was dead set on like, you're, this is the only thing I'm here for. Don't talk me into anything else, you know? And then when um, he saw how quickly I got better, like from the next day on, he stopped putting in implants. And so now he's completely implant free for now Good. two years. And he like only does explants and uh, fat transfers. And that wasn't something I was into, but it, but it's amazing to watch that what I'm calling domino effect with doctors. And so hopefully women will be able to get in to see someone sooner than Fang who, who understands how to do this um, more and believes women more because that's such a big part of this process is like going to the doctors. Like you had Courtney who told you about Fang, but like I went through this litany of just, for me, it was like re-traumatization of hearing these doctors tell me like, you sure you want to get them out? Like you're going to look deformed and this is going to be weird yeah. and you're not going to get better. And you just, you start going through all the like, oh my God, am I sure? I don't know. Like I, I was, but now, so the, these stories of like what we go through once we make the decision to get them out is still a whole other <clears throat> thing. And that's why like community and, and being able to communicate with other women who have been through this is so integral to this process and why like you and I show up the way we do because we know how lonely it feels making that decision and even having an amazing support like Phil like you still had to go through your own battling the demons of younger Shuri and like knowing that all that was going to come up and you're going to have to face it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, there's definitely layers to this process. Yeah. And, you know, once I realized that this was my thing and I was going to go for it, um, I had to go through layers of um, why am I here and what got me here and what was I not happy about when I had the body that I always yeah. wanted, that I worked so hard for that didn't have chemical bags in my chest. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, through that six months, I actually started to depreciate. My body was just basically shutting down on me. And, um, I ended up using a wheelchair and a walker. And I actually had to have a, a wheelchair to get to the airport, to get through the airport, to get to my appointment um, you know, my body was just completely mm -hmm. shutting down. Um, I puked all day, every day. I couldn't get water down. I had to use IV therapy, uh, to get nutrients, um, just vitamins in general. Um, I was allergic to pretty much every food. Um, I couldn't even do the pre-prep, which Fang I was going to say, how yeah, did that work? Anything. Because I had to push mine, um, a few days because my pneumonia was so bad. He was like, I can't put you under like this. We got to monitor you. And so I was wondering like how she was able to actually get you under anesthesia. Yeah. So when I, so I got to my appointment and I finally, you know, was able to, you know, I, I walked into the, her doctor, her office, which was mm -hmm. like a workout for me. I was right. out of breath. I had, you know, issues breathing. My breathing was not great when she did the breathing test. Mm -hmm. Um, she did notice that I definitely had like an infection in my chest. Yeah. And she said, you know, I had a capsular contracture on both sides. Um, and she said, you know, it looks like your breast might have be attached to like your third or fourth rib. And I said, yeah. God, that's weird. And she goes, yeah, I think what has happened is over time, you know, the textured pieces readhere to your, your, uh, tissue inside. So when she actually went in there, she said she hasn't seen, um, you know, there's a capsule of, of scar tissue around the implant uh, for those of you that don't understand this process, but it's much like a mastectomy, <clears throat> excuse me, like a mastectomy, but they still leave some tissue behind and you still get to keep 
most of your breasts. Sometimes. Breast. Sometimes. Like, yours um, are too attached to the scar tissue, so he had to... Right, and yours being so over, much over the muscle. Tissue. Exactly. Right. That was so an unfortunate you, thing for me, but I was like, screw it. Just take everything you need to out, you know? Right, and you get to that point. So through that six months, you know, I was just praying... I was looking out the window, I'd be on the couch every day and Phil would have to wait on me hand and foot. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he, he was like, you know, are you okay? Are you going to, he, he just wanted to take me to the hospital every day. Cause he didn't yeah. know what to do for me. And I had migraines and I had all these symptoms. Um, and when my period would come, I literally thought I was going to die. I mean, I was mm-hmm. literally just crawled in bed and just never came out of bed for a good week. It was just mm-hmm. the worst experience. And, um, you know, through that process, I just, I just wanted to stay alive. And yeah. when I went and had an MRI done, you know, they had me face down. They saw that, um, through a, um, what is it, ultrasound that I might have like a lump in my armpit. Yeah. And so, um, I had gotten really worried about that. Well, the MRI really didn't do much. It didn't show everything that yeah. it's supposed to because of the way they have you face down and they put your breasts in these cylinders and, they like couldn't get the rest of my armpit, excuse me. And so, you know, I went in thinking, okay, I'm going to get some answers here. And what I didn't get was any answers. It was right. more like you have dense breast tissue. You possibly could have something going on in your armpit. So I went to Dr. Fang and I said, I might have something going on. So in the back of my mind, I thought maybe I have cancer. That's why I'm so extremely sick. Maybe mm-hmm. This is just, I have to prepare myself. So I, I was thought having, for sure they were going to tell me that they were leaking. Cause they said there was like a, like a liquid around. That's what the only yeah. thing the MRI could tell was that there was a floating liquid around the implant and they couldn't see anything else. I'm like, okay, they're leaking. Yeah. This is what's going on here. You think that you don't know what you're up against. And unfortunately what we didn't understand, and I'm sure you didn't either is that once they go in there, that's when the real truth comes out. So, you know, she's in there. It was a six, almost she said six hour surgery, I believe, or a little bit over six. And she had to, uh, scrape, you know, in between my rib cage, yeah. she had to get, um, she had to do, um, sutures in my rib cage. Cause mm-hmm. she had to take pretty much all the tissue in between yeah. my rib cage. Um, and then, you know, we did a lift and she took a lot of skin away because my, yeah. my breasts had become, they look like udders. I mean, they were just, they were just so hanging mm-hmm. and so big. And I had a nipple reduction because my nipples, completely changed. My whole body just looked like, I didn't even identify myself really. I couldn't believe Mm -hmm. I was looking at myself. Um, and so she said, you know, you have an infection. We're going to load you up when you go into surgery with antibiotics and we're going to do it twice. Um, you know, while the time that you're here, you're going to get another round of antibiotics before you leave. Cause I had stayed there for almost two weeks. And, um, yeah. So I had, uh, I got through the surgery. She came out, she said, Sheree, your tissue capsules were like some of the thickest I've ever seen. Yeah. She's like, it looked like, I mean, it was very, very thick. And she said there was so much tissue that I had to take because of the fact that you had these capsules that were just, just, just not, they're like infected. It was just mm-hmm. gross. Mm-hmm. So they came out very piss yellow. They, they were so yellow, the implant. The implants, and they yeah, had, same. I were like, yep. they're almost orange, dark. Yep. I saw yours. Exactly. Oh, yeah, we sent pictures through. And our, yeah. our tissue, mine was so like baloney, like yeah. just massive. Disgusting. So gross. I mean, Shuri and I have pictures of all this because we're gross like that. But so gross. It's crazy seeing it come out of you because you're yeah. like, they, when you hear the words and they tell this across the board to women, 
they they create a capsule that's normal it's your body just protecting itself like yeah but then this capsule especially if you're strong and you have just a natural muscularity like my body naturally wanted to like adhere to that and plus I'm over the muscle so all the muscle adhered to that capsule the capsule adhered to third and fourth rib and as it as after the surgery I shouldn't have done this but like I was so antsy like I they started adhering again like after the surgery you know like the even though she got everything like scar tissue kind of remembers where it was so I could feel like I couldn't lift my arms up after a week and I I felt like spaghetti bands like yes I have that too here and so I'm in the shower just like like ripping you could hear him like rubber band snaps you know it wasn't good for my scarring but I still healed like fine I'm sure I have some weirdness that shouldn't be there but do you have um Do you have like some nerve pain where she like yeah. scraped the bone? Cause I have some, I can't be hugged too hard. Cause right here I have like zinging feeling when someone presses on like the bones. Yeah, I have. So she is, she's actually known for doing, she's a microvascular surgeon. So mm-hmm. she actually like reattached all my nerve endings and all okay. that. She's, she also has a, like the hand, she's the tiniest little person and she has that's the hands amazing. of like a three-year-old, like her hands are like, she can get into the smallest little spots. It was, that's incredible. I was shocked with her. I was like, those are your real hands. <laughs> They're so perfect and small and she loves for you. <laughs> yeah. She, she was able to get in there and do okay, everything. Um, I did have a lot of internal stitches and yeah. external stitches and I had that lift. So everything I was stitched up quite a bit. And mm-hmm. so I still have, like, when I do this, I'm still tight. Yeah. And even if I, if I take my palm back and I do this, like I so get a, feel it. a nerve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when I train arms, um, I just get swollen. My arms are always okay. heavy now. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I get this, like not a normal bulge, you know, when like your must, your veins get bulgy, they right. like pulse right in here. And then I can feel like when my middle finger, like gets yeah. on a dumbbell or gets pulled or something, I, I'd like my whole like bicep will get so I'm like, Oh my God, what's happening? Yeah. You do it's you wild. Don't realize it's all connected. The recovery part is so essential and it's, yeah. it's such a huge process. It's just the same as getting them out. And I always tell people like, there's so many layers to this. There's layers of healing from emotional trauma, Mm -hmm. um, trying to understand why you went through this, what made you not happy with where you were at. Um, and that's, you know, it's society, it's people, it's experiences that we have. And, you know, a lot of times I think, well, breast did give me the courage and the motivation and the, um, confidence to go after a lot of things I didn't have. So, I'm not going to regret that I ever mm-hmm. got them. What I do regret is that there's the, our system is broken. Yeah. I, it's not that I can't I can't really regret that, but I'm disappointed that our system mm-hmm. is broken. And I watched a 10 hour FDA hearing about um, implants, and mm-hmm. I did that in 2018, going into 19, or it might have been 19. Um, was it and, the one with Laura? Did you go? With yes, Laura? it was yeah. 19. And so what I learned was that the FDA had not even regulated things for over 30 years. And so the same thing that Laura was preaching, you know, and all these other women who have gone through it 30 years ago, 20 years ago, were preaching on the same exact ingredients, the same exact problems. So really there was nothing that has been changed since then. So when I saw that, that's when I had closure. I was like, Mm -hmm. you know what? (laughs) 
this is a effed up system. This yeah. is something, this is a money system. This is how they make money off of us and they don't have any warnings. And now they actually do like some of the resurgence who are actually um, responsible mm-hmm. will give people a warning or ask them if they have any autoimmune diseases or anything that they're predisposed with before they get implants. And I think mm-hmm. that's a lot of what women need to know. Informed consent needs to be a part of the process to get any kind of surgery, especially uh, for an object being put in your body. Um, I mean, there's men that have had chin implants and cabin implants that have the same experience that we do because of the fact that- Yep. And because silicone is silicone. And if it's not industrial grade and it's not made right, even if it is made right, it's still chemicals that don't Mm -hmm. belong in your body. And heat- starts to deteriorate the actual capsule. That's why women get sick and your body heat just wears it down. And Mm -hmm. when you have textured implants, one of the things that happened to me was the textured particles broke off into my bloodstream. So I'm forever in a healing mode Mm -hmm. where I get up, I do my heavy metal detox stuff. I take binders, I get in my sauna. um, I still do parasite cleanses. I'm in a process of constantly healing my body Mm -hmm. and what it did rob for me. And what I do feel that many women feel this way. It's like, you know, you're, you're spending years trying to fix yourself and heal yourself. And now I'm going into 36 years old and that window for having children is slowly closing on me. And I'm hearing from my doctors, you know, you have four autoimmune diseases, Sheree, like you're at a high risk, like you could die, you could die during pregnancy. You, you might have some complications, you know, during birth, um, the things that you hear Mm -hmm. to doubt you, to make you doubt yourself is tough. And so, you know, that's when, when you get boobs now in 2021, you have to think about the bigger picture. Do I have Mm -hmm. the money to get them taken out and put them back in every five to seven years? Do I have the money to, and, and, and ability to endure whatever comes with it? Like if, if you might not have a real heavy autoimmune disease and maybe you develop it during the time that you have implants because Mm -hmm. you're stressed you're working hard, you're burning the candle at both ends. Those are things that women don't think about. So there's so many layers to this. And, you know, I've tried in the beginning to kind of preach to women and try to talk them out of it and fight for them. And, but this is a personal journey. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't tell you not to get implants, but what I can tell you is that you need to prepare yourself financially, mentally, emotionally, and, Let's just pray and hope that you have someone by your side, the man, the spouse that you have, or the wife that you have, maybe, you know, same sex marriages, whatever it might be, whoever is by your side, that is your spouse, you have to be okay with um, possibly losing them because those boobs become your identity. Mm -hmm. And we don't notice that until we have them. And it's a part of our identity. So when you get them taken away, and your spouse might like playing with them or seeing them you naked, yeah. that changes everything for people. Thank so you these for are the, saying that. Cause these it, are the things. Yeah, yeah. I think that this is a conversation I do ask at the end of these and you're naturally, of course, answering it. But um, <laughs> we go into how to talk about it with other women. And I, I think that in the beginning, I, I was like you and obviously very gung-ho on saying like, don't do it, don't get them and, and going through the litany of things that can happen. And, um, and then I, I slowly started becoming more of like understanding that women are going to do whatever they're going to do. And I couldn't have been told differently when I got them, to be honest, I think I did hear a few people say, 
they're not safe or whatever. And like, you just hear that and you're like, whatever, like, this is part of my thing. I need to get them. I was very, um, very sure of it. Um, but when someone asks me now, if I would say to get them, I'm a hard no on this, but I do understand that they're going to get them if they're sold on them already. And all I can do is be someone who says those things, the things that Mm -hmm. they don't talk about happening after that really get to you because you can say, oh, you might develop a um, a condition. This is the list of symptoms and they read them and they're like, whatever, it doesn't outweigh the reasons I want to get them. Because in our hearts and minds, when your insecurities are that strong, these things don't outweigh because you've never experienced them. You don't know what they actually feel like in your body and you don't know what it does to you. But what it does do and what you can say and be honest about is you will literally lose everything you have. You'll spend your entire um, physical energy, money, life fighting something that you never had to. You'll potentially, if you're like me, lose a relationship, people who have wanted to be with you because of your identity that's wrapped up into the whole physical being, that's going to be by the wayside or it's going to be tested. And then the financial, think about like the replacements that they don't tell you you're actually going to need, but you're going to need them. And then how much sicker you can get after every single time they open you back up. And it's like, those things are why I continue to show up and talk about this because it's, you lose that generation of women that could potentially, like you say, the risk of not being able to carry a child healthily and be able to live a healthy and abundant life in our freaking thirties, because you're trying to just fight all these other things and it robs you. Like really it steals your life. And when you go down the rabbit hole of learning about this industry, your eyes are open to everything that they're trying to steal from women. And it's such a bigger topic. And that's what I love getting into with these women, because I think sometimes we don't realize that what's out there is not meant to keep us healthy. And when we can open up that dialogue and have that conversation, it starts to really break down that veil of like, okay, maybe they are lying about this and maybe it's not worth it, but it does take effort and energy to, to be able to have those types of conversations with women, especially ones hell bent on getting them because there's no way to change their mind. All I can do is be like, I'm here when you need me. Cause you know, being in this fitness industry, especially as a female, majority of my friends have them, you know, and especially fitness modeling industry. I'm like, then another one bites the dust. There you go. Okay. Even after my story, but that just shows you how like our society has just ingrained in us that these are what will make it complete and make us, you know, and like you said, the hard battle, we, we, um, we fight of the knowing that, um, they're not good for us, but, um, knowing you're going to go through that, that path anyways. And it's, it's rough. It's, it's, it is rough. And it's hard to know your friends that do have them that you see like their changes of, Oh, I noticed that my friend's having hormonal issues or, Oh, Oh, my friend's having pain gain issues. Yeah. Well, they don't, no one believes that it's going to happen to them unless it happens to them. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, I was in, that was kind of a little bit of my denial in the beginning because I, I just thought I'm broken. You know, I actually had 60 pound weight gain. 
Um, and so it was all so in my wild. stomach. Like, I can't even picture you in that. Oh, body. I'll have to show you some pictures. And I, I posted one picture on Instagram, um, just the slash like yeah. 2020 at the end of 20, like in November or something or December. And people were like, holy crap. And, you know, there was people asking me, oh, you, you know, especially people from overseas that don't read, you know, English, they were assuming that I was pregnant in the photo, mm-hmm. which I did look that way. And pe- mm-hmm. that's when I had to actually um, hide from people. I couldn't go with Phil at certain yeah. places and people were like making so many jokes about me. And, and, and that was the tough part was enduring the public, um, you know, just saying things to me that were just so hurtful. Yeah. And, you know, I, I took it on the chin. And I kept going because I knew that, you know, people that talk like that, it's more about themselves than it is mm-hmm. me. And, and anybody that wants to be mean like that and assuming that, you know, I ate myself to this point. No. So when I came out about me being sick, you know, a lot of people started to be a lot more kind to me. Yeah. Um, and I felt a little bit more at peace with the journey, but I still didn't show my hard days. You know, I have some friends that shared like them throwing up and, and, you know, doing all that. And I do have video of that, but I kept it for myself. Um, because when I got to my year anniversary, I went back into my phone and I looked at everything and, you know, I still wasn't where I wanted to be physically. Mm -hmm. And I knew Mm -hmm. that it was going to be a journey to get the weight off, but I had to remind myself, like you were on your deathbed, here you are, you're still, you're still doing it. And to this day, I'm still actively trying to get this body back. But we do that, you know, like we look at ourselves and I know you and I both are two years out now, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. So it's crazy. Like getting them in around the same time, getting them out around the same time. And, um, you don't realize how far you've come in your healing journey, because I think, especially those of us who had the textured, your healing is very much in deep layers because you think you've moved through one course of healing something that it has um, affected. And then your body's like, cool, you're good with that. Let me bring up the next one, which is our natural healing process. And a lot, we get mad at our body, like shit again, but I've now learned to be in this space of like welcoming the next layer, even though it is shitty. And even though you're like, where the heck did that one come from? It's like, okay, now I know I've been through this one. Here comes the next one. And we're ready. Like, I didn't want to talk about the bad parts of my cert about being sick because I was like, I need to wait until I'm fully healthy to be able to be that, you know, light for people to see that they want to do this. Now I've just let that part go and been like, this is part of the healing journey. I still would say, get them out and start it because you're never going to get healthy with them in. So I might as well start it and get that ball rolling and know that there's other warriors out there doing this work and knowing that it's like, you're really not alone in this. Even if you're like physically alone, you have so many other women. I mean, the tragedy in this is that there's hundreds of thousands of us that are getting them out. And I mean, it's an amazing thing too, but it takes brave souls that are willing to talk about it. And no, we don't have to share all the ugly because only us know like how ugly it really gets. But I think like in telling women who are thinking about getting them or um, are thinking about getting them out and still in that kind of tiptoeing phase is like, remember the things we had before getting them that you thought the boobs were going to change and realizing that they didn't. And that was where I started being like, as things started to return to me in, in terms of like connecting to who I am as a woman, I realized, holy shit, for six years, I didn't have like, you lose, you know, a sex drive and anything 
moisture happening down there. Like I'm a young person. What is this? Your hormones off. You feel nothing like a woman, but you got these things on there that like show the world you're a woman. And I'm like, let's get real about that. You're going to potentially lose that. And is that worth it for you to get to have bags on your chest? You know, we have to really be real about that shit because it's, I don't think it's time for us to pussyfoot around this topic anymore. Like, yeah, you're still going to do it, but I'm not here to be like, yeah, you know, do what you're going to do. Like, I'm like, no, this is the real shit. It's ugly. You want to see pictures here? I have a litany of girls that are willing to share their testimony. And like, that's why I'm doing this because I just think who you are and who you're walking, the truth you're walking right now is just a walking testimony to the fact that we can make it through this. It's ugly. It's gross. Sometimes it's annoying as shit, but ultimately like you become so much more attuned to who you are attuned to what your body's telling you. Like I know now with the healing that I've done, even though I'm still in kind of the thick of it and I am seeing the light now, it's that I never knew my body like this before, even prior to getting implants, I was so disconnected from who, Mm -hmm. who I am. And that's the gift that this thing gives you. you Oh, absolutely. No, I, I totally agree with you that I was, I was going to mention that as well. Like you really learn so much about your body and you also learn that, you know, um, what you thought wasn't good enough is good enough. And then you realize that you have to love yourself through the whole process. I mean, you're not going to wake up and see perfection the next morning. There's some of my friends who had the more inflammation issues and were sick, but they didn't really Mm -hmm. gain any weight and they got the implants out. And within two weeks, they were literally back to where they used to be in which that's a blessing. And I have some friends who, you know, actually lose a ton of weight, like something that happened to you. I know that you lost a ton of weight. And so, you know, there's people that go through so many different reactions and it really does depend on how your immune system is and your genetics. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're already mm-hmm. genetically dis, uh, um, disposition of like, if you already have on switches that are, you know, right. um, you're susceptible to other issues. If all your bad genes turn on and they create like a complete mess in your body, you're going to have horrific symptoms. People don't understand that genetics are a huge piece of it too. So, you know, I think that to like not learn. compare other people's journey in this healing process no. either. Cause that was yeah. a hard thing too. Like watching girls kind of just bounce back and be like, Oh, I had like, hold on. I'm about to literally, can you hear that music? I did a minute ago. Is it coming from my own phone? I'm going to crack up if my my phone's filming another angle. And I think it started playing my Pandora radio. I'm like, why is it raging in my headphones? Hold on. having multiple angles on this episode. It's just going to be. Yeah. I keep looking at you next to me. So hopefully people don't think I'm just staring at myself while I'm trying to like, (laughs) I'm like like looking at you trying to talk to you, but then looking at the little green light. above. No, I don't. I look literally at you for all of them. So that's how we're going to edit it. Like we're looking at each other. Um, But but yeah, yeah. I watched like, you know, women have like breast tissue again and stuff like that. And so it was, some of it can be disheartening, just like that's a programming in us too, to compare, right? Like we do not, it's so much unprogramming and stripping away of, of the things that we do and our, our second nature to, to think like, and, and that's been a real, uh, 
learning process and blessing for me too is the non-comparison and in the world we're in it's super hard to to not do that but I know that being in this industry especially it's important for us to show face as who we are you know after it and during it and like for me I want to show up so that women can tell their young daughters you know that you don't have to have breasts to be like in this quote unquote beauty fitness world, you know, and also I love that you coughed right into your microphone too. It was hilarious. I covered it. <laughs> Did you hear me cough still? No, it was like amplified because you're in the <laughs> mic. I was like, hey. I was trying to cover it. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's not like you're in a wind tunnel. Um, and, you know, I feel like I contributed. That was a lot of like guilt I had to kind of learn to let go of as I feel like being in the industry and having them. And presenting them, even though it wasn't something I like led with, just having them was like, okay, I contributed to people thinking that that was something that you needed. And I've had to let a lot of that go because I know that that's my journey and hopefully have done enough mitzvah after to like make up for what I did, you know, oh, by having sure. them. But Yeah, I think we can easily beat up ourselves and try to find ways to be like, you know, oh, I, I should have never, you know, re being regretful. Like I should have never got it. I should have never told my friend to get it. Or maybe I helped mm -hmm. someone else decide mm -hmm. to get them. I had a ton of women come up to me when they saw me transform, you know, from being in the gym all the time, you know, being a little bit more leaner on the chest, knowing that I obviously didn't have breasts to then mm -hmm. getting breasts and seeing how I look great in shirts and, you know, having all that process of, you know, having those women come up to me and then they getting boobs, you know, and, and me thinking, God, you know, when I was suffering, I would think yeah, about that. Yeah. But that's a, this is a human experience and mm -hmm. we're just all trying to figure it out. But the beauty of being able to be on the other side now, recovering and complete. <laughs> it's okay. I know. We're right. Same boat. Completely changing how we have responded to all of this and our mindset yeah. and how we, you know, speak to others about it. It's, it's all about just having this human experience mm -hmm. and sharing your, the, the, the craziness behind what you go through when you do get implants and how you don't have, there's no certainty yeah. and safety in, in getting implants. And None. so the only safety you'll ever get in life is probably being in prison because you'll be behind <laughs> doors. There's no way that you can have safety and, and certainty and this in getting a breast augmentation. There really isn't. You don't know what your body's going to not like about mm -hmm. it. And it's going to tell you eventually. And I'm just I'm so grateful for this process because like you said, being a human and going through it, I also know that it's been the most beautiful experience for me too. And I know not everyone's there yet, but I will, I do talk to women about like the fact that I wouldn't have this relationship with God if I hadn't gone through this because Absolutely. it brought me to like the lowest place I've physically, mentally, and spiritually ever been. And so if that's how he had to take me through it to get to him, then by all means, I would do it again. It's just, yeah. I would urge women not to, but I also go, man, I can't play God. Like if he wants to take them no. through that, then that's, that's what needs to happen. We just get to be vessels and light to be able to say, we're here when you're ready. And, you know, we're not scared anymore to, to speak up about it. And we can change a whole industry like that. I think they're scared. And, and honestly, you can see it when I talk about things and 
you know, certain things happen to my social media or certain things aren't being seen. Cause I'm like, okay, you're ruffling some feathers by talking about this. That's how, you know, you're on the right track with it. So it takes people like you and I, and all the other women that I've had on here and the ones that come out and talk about this, that it's that ripple effect. That's going to keep you know, reverberating through our our generation and through this industry. And I'm just so grateful to have someone like you on my side during this and that we can continue to kind of partner on this and, and talk to more women. And we're going to be doing some, I think, big things within this, this field because yeah. it's so necessary. And I really, you know, probably like you didn't think we'd be talking about boobs so much in our lives, but it's a pretty awesome thing because it also reminds me how connected we are as humans. And I wouldn't have had that gift, you know, to connect with women on this level. That's been such a treat for me. So I thank you for opening up and being so vulnerable. It's just, it's an awesome experience. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm glad we could talk about this. I hope we can do it in the future. Hopefully we can bring on maybe a group of women and, um, you know, it's, it's going to be great to see women really own who they are and be okay Mm -hmm. with just being themselves. You don't have to compete with anybody. You don't have to get, you know, boobs to be on stage. You are beautiful just the way you are. And, you know, taking it from us, we learned that the hard way. And, you know, there it's such a free feeling. Like I feel so free. I don't feel like I'm, um, you know, uh, having to, you know, fit in this box of like, what is beautiful or what has to be this way. And just to feel accepted in this society. And once you understand that you are perfectly imperfect and God Mm -hmm. loves you just the way you are, um, you are going to have some, so much more joy in your heart and just be so much more healthier inside and out. Um, and boobs do not make you better. <laughs> they do not make you better. <laughs> sign off on that. Boobs do not make you better. They do Drew, not make you better. You so, so much for being thank on you. here with me. We'll definitely do round two and then we can go so much further into all oh, the yes. fun things that we love, I love talking it. about. But thank thank you. you for your time. I'll talk thank to you, you soon. Bye, love. See you. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the show. We'd love to hear from you. So please rate and review this podcast and we'll catch you guys on the next episode of All Day Radio.